Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Dr. Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode and this week it's the Oscars! Play him off! That's right, for the 94th time, Hollywood are getting together and going, what movie was good in the last 12 months? And as always, well tradition for this program at least, we are going to watch the previous year's Best Picture winner, which uh, today is Nomadland. Uh, joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it is Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. Hi. How are you, Tegan? Yeah, great. Yeah. I'm really good. You you look great. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Uh, full disclosure. <laughs> Tegan is not feeling terribly well today. No, but it's, it's not COVID. It's not COVID. Uh, what, what, what's what's going on, Tegan? Do you want to share or are we just going to leave it I vague? I ate a quiche. You ate a quiche? <laughs> just a little $6 quiche, mm-hmm. knowing full well it was full of gluten. And uh. I am allergic to gluten, severely allergic to gluten. <laughs> As we are all finding out right now. Mm. Um, so, yes, uh, Tegan is actually, for the first time in this program's history, uh, she's lying down yep. while we do this. And I can't stop giggling about it. Even I, It's quite painful, but really funny. And I don't expect any sympathy because this is all my fault. All my fault. I can only imagine a few years from now... Um, that Kate Mulvaney is nominated for an Oscar and she takes you along as the guest. But you And I have to eat it all. You, you eat a quiche Lorraine just before you get in the limo on Stop the way. Stop the speech. No, she wins her Oscar. And I go, no! Stop! Stop! Is there gluten in this? Um, no, stop. We've got to go to the toilet. I'll be like, who was it? Alison Janney? No, they'll have a, like, they'll, they'll who is cut, in the toilet? I'll cut to Kate Yeah. in the... the in the audience, and she'll stand up, and there'll be like a seat filler next yes. to her because you were meant to be there, but that's right. You're in the toilet. Yeah. Uh, Nomadland. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you know about this film? Uh, I know it's got um, Frances McDormand in it. Mm-hmm. That's who it is, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, she's great. Um, I know it was a female director, and that's it. Cool. So and it, it won an award. It won two awards. A couple of awards, yeah. And know Frances McDormand won and gave that really fun speech. Oh, with the with the wolf howl. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, Chloe Zhao, the director, yes. also won for best director. That's so yeah, right. It, yeah, which it, is which is wonderful. Yeah, Lots it, of things. it sweeped up. It's it's fair mm. to say it, it did well. Um, but yeah, you, so that's it. You know, nothing else. Wonderful. Well, luckily for us, we have someone who has seen the film. It is uh, Mr. Oscars himself, Robert Woods. <laughs> this is my hat trick. Hello. <laughs> yes. Uh, by virtue, you're the only one who's seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> by virtue of being um, such a rabid cinephile, no movie escapes his eyes. Uh, Robert, it's it's a pleasure to have you. How are you today? I I am well. You I am well. No quiches. Nothing. No. No troubling. Uh, Pastry puffs or anything? Gout. Not as yet. We, we shall see. We shall see. We've got yeah. pizza on the way, so. In a... Yeah, they, they did order dinner, the most <laughs> glutinous dinner. Just a rub it in. We just want to yeah. make sure you've learned your lesson. <laughs> um, you'll come back, you'll let, make you both leave and your pizza will be gone. <laughs> and um... I'll be dead. <laughs> in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can you tell us about Nomadland? Is it a comedy? Um, bits of it are very funny, yes. Um, 
it is, yeah, basically following Francis McDormand um, being a nomad. Mm. Um, and uh, it's a, a nice little slice of life into a, a community that um, I guess I knew nothing about before seeing the film. Mm. And um, you you actually picked this one last year. We, we, we do our Oscar predictions, which we'll be doing did, a bit yeah. later on. Um, Have you picked every year? Because you picked um, Parasite I picked Parasite well. and I picked Nomadland. Yeah, yeah. so uh, pressure's on for this year. But, oh, um, but yeah, obviously we, 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 we had a look at the list of nominees from last year and there were a few others. You know, some idiot went the sound of metal over here thinking it would win <laughs> based on having seen none of the films. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll talk more on this now. But um, it, it's been 12 months with all a little bit of time to sort of... Um, Sorry, Tegan, but digest uh, what this film uh, is and what it's been. Um, do, do you think it was a worthy Best Picture winner that year? I do. I do. I seem to recall... Uh... Nothing, clearly. <laughs> I seem to recall feeling pretty evenly about all of the films that were nominated last year. Like, I was, I would have been 100% happy with any of the films. Mm. What else was nominated? Um, it was like... Uh, what was it? Sound of Metal, Mank. Yeah, Mank. Yeah. Um, uh, and five others. <laughs> uh, the Aaron Sorkin. One. Oh, the Walking Talking Sorkin with um, the Chicago Seven. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, Got bunch myself of others. a Walking Talk. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, so you feel as though it's twelve months on. It's it's still. Oh, the father. That that's the one I couldn't remember. The oh, father was nominated yeah. for best picture. Yeah, um, and they they were all there was a really good crop of movies last year. Um mm. and I don't think this like stood out it didn't tower above the rest of them. I thought it, it was an absolutely worthy winner. Um and uh, and they were all great films. Um Yeah. I don't feel quite the same this year, but we'll we'll get to that. We certainly will. Well, with all that being said, shall we watch Nomadland? Yes. Let's give it a whirl. Okay. For those of you uh, listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and Tegan, I promise I prepped this one before I found out you were ill. <laughs> Prepare to poop in a bucket as we watch <laughs> Nomadland. Where's the bucket? Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching 2021's Oscar-winning Nomadland. And I'm joined once again by Robert Woods. Howdy. And Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. Tegan, first of all, uh, it's been about two hours. How are you feeling? Uh, like I said before, the picturesque shots of the Nomadland seem to have lulled my guts into a sleep. Yes, I can <laughs> confirm that Tegan is not lying down anymore. She is... Resting on one arm. In a... She is Kate Winsleting from Titanic. <laughs> but you are dressed. I just With... want to point that out. No, no. <laughs> Paint a visual. That was your first time watching Nomadland. What did you think of it? It was nice. It was interesting. I got bored at the end. Mm. I think um, there's only so many ways Frances McDormand can stare out into the wilderness before it gets a little samey. Mm. She did a lot of different varieties on it, though. Mm. Um, 
But I understand, I, like, I think I understand why the choices are made to, um, for it to be the length that it is, be the, um, the tone that it is, be the, the speed that it is, you know, mm. that the, I, I understand that that works with the context of the film. Um, so I can appreciate that. It was just, there was a, a, a few too many, oh, it's ending now for mm. me. Yeah, a bit Return of the King. In yeah, that yeah, yeah, literally, oh, yeah. Mm. No, I, I got that as well. This is my first time watching it as well, and I, I definitely had a a bit of a... Um, it was when we started talking about zombie apocalypses, yeah. 20, 20 odd minutes, minutes before 20. it finished, that I real, I thought maybe we were losing interest and then it would get us back again, and then it would lose us again. Yeah. And we'd talk about Children of the Corn, and then it would get us back again. Yeah. Rob, when, when did you last see this film? Um, in the cinema in in 2020, actually. Um, mm, excellent. A, a while ago. So, a little so. while. How, how was it revisiting Nomadland? Uh, it was much the same as I remember. Um, mm. I still really enjoyed it, uh, though. Uh, it's, it, is, it is a slower-paced film than mm. what is normally my kind of film, but I still think it's so beautiful. Mm. It is um, stunning. And yeah. I'm so glad we watched it here with your massive screen because <laughs> mm. I think, and then the sound and everything, like I'm, I'm so mm. glad I got to see it like that. It's, and not it's on nice. My... It's a very, it is quite an immersive film. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. And, and that first shot of the American landscape that we see with mountains is mm. stunning. Like, because yeah. we go from a lot of close-ups on, like, Francis McDormand in an Amazon warehouse to then just the beautiful vistas of nature, but they're shot so well. Mm. Um, and that is, I think, the best bit about this film is just the the shots of the the countryside and the, the wilderness in general. What what they captured was stunning. Maybe, you know, like saying the word immersive is maybe it is like, I felt so immersed up to a point... Mm. And then I didn't anymore yeah. And yeah. I don't It's almost like I wanted less narrative And wanted just more of the yeah. Immersion of the Of that lifestyle I, well, I have a feeling that maybe us starting to speak Probably didn't help with that Maybe if we hadn't done that I know. We might have but, just but stayed I think, in it more I, I, have to think, I have to admit though I was pretty bored Around the time that we started chatting In terms right. of where we, we, we'd hit cycles And I get that the fact that Fern, the character who Frances McDormand plays, the fact is is that her life has got a lot of cycles to it, that she moves to a new town or mm. trailer park and then uh, or RV park and then um, gets a job that's not particularly like important to her other than it puts money in her pocket for looking after the van. She meets some new people, they have a chat, she doesn't really want to talk about her past and then it loops. And the first three times it did that, I was on board. I was like, oh, who's Dave? Oh, we're going to go meet the sister? You know, like all, all this stuff was, was, was interesting. And then it just, yeah, it started happening again. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I'm done. Like, and it is such a shame because it is an intriguing film. But I don't think it's an interesting film, if, mm. if I can I say. I find it interesting. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say it's, uh, well, at least when I saw it in the cinema, I was engaged the whole time which um uh like i said i not normally in this kind of film mm-hmm. but um chloe Zhao has a, a, an amazing ability to uh the, the other films i 
I've only actually seen the other the previous film she did to this called The Rider, but that one also left me pretty flawed. Um, mm. And that one has is entirely um, non professional talent. Mm. This one there are this is like her first time working with some I think some professional talent, mm. but mainly everyone in this film is who they are, and it is They're kind stunning of, that mix. She's and a master she, with that. That she, is incredible. She, she, yeah, she gets these moments out of these real people. Mm. Um, and when they click, by God, they click. Oh, they do. Like, I, yeah. You know what? And I, I think that's almost what I wanted more than mm. anything else. That's where I got disinterested. I'm not going to say bored because I would still... I would still come back to it and still mm. hear it in the background even when we were talking about stupid things. Mm. But I, I re- when we had narrative, I'm like doing complete 180 on how I normally am with these movies. Mm. When it's there was interesting, na- isn't it? When there was narrative, I was like, I don't, ca- oh, I don't, I don't care mm. about the, I don't care about the yeah. sister. I don't care about the that part of the plot. I just wanted to keep driving and keep finding people and keep living. I. That I was like, I, I'm I'm very interested yeah. in this. I, I, I like really this. loved her working with Linda, cleaning out the camp park. Yes, where it was just those two living together and like you know see, seeing them bonding, and that that was quite nice. Um, but but I will I will say the the stuff with the sister I thought was quite interesting, but the fact it's in the film for so little is is a bit strange. Maybe that's what was jarring. Yeah, for, for, me. for me the thing that I really just could not give two bucket loads of shit about was was dave was her relationship with dave and i I get why it's in there because there's some semblance of a through line and this idea of someone that she meets and Mm. potentially can get closer to and the fact that he's you know she's a widower and he's a potential option it's a reflection of how she's feeling about her husband and her inability to move on from the past yeah which is like the this, the narrative thread that the film, the film hangs these real scenes off of. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's that that's the structure of narrative that yeah. Chloe Zhao had. I almost wish that mm. you know when um, old mate who has started this at the RV group, mm. Santa with mm. the beard, yeah. uh, Bob. Bob. I almost wish. You know when he says the monologue that he's t- telling about his son, which is stunning, and oh. is and is basically the crux of that about you keep yeah. you see people along the end of the road because you can't let go of the past and these awful things mm. that had happened. And he explained it all. I almost wish that that was towards the start of the film. I mm. just wish. I, I I understand what you're saying, but I also think that if that had happened any earlier. Then, firstly, Frances McDormand isn't the, her character. I don't think is in in a, in a place to receive it. Gotcha. And also, I don't think the audience is there yet. True. Um, then maybe keep it where it is, but then cut all the narrative and just have more <laughs> more of the people, more of the nomads, more yeah. of her meet. Because Frances McDormand as Fern is, she creates a character like no other mm. actor, and she's in. Every scene in this film, yeah. and at no point did I go. Oh, I could do a scene less. Like she's, Never. I mean, we 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 saw it all in the river. But you know, she's um, and, and that's just it. Is the the wonderful thing about 
this film i think is is having francis mcdormand just like yeah let's watch her live in a caravan for two hours let's watch her just be this this person who has lost her home has lost her partner and is now trying to find new life and meaning in in this nomad land in this land of, of nomads and i it, i think it's I don't know what to think, I guess, is where I'm at. Because (laughs) as much as the storyline with Dave, I kind of felt like, for me, it didn't particularly interest me. I I also see why it's there for having that central through line, as Mm. you say. And there's nothing wrong with Dave. Like, the actor is is super playing this man that is... He can't stay in Mm. in the nomad lifestyle. He, he, you know, he has that family that he, he discovers that he wants to go back to, and that's lovely. Um... But maybe I'm a little bit with you, Tegan. I think I would have just liked a bit more of the nomads. It's one or the other. Maybe yeah. it's one way or the other way. More, d- yeah. More of because uh, we start right in the middle of her in her van, mm. and at the start of that journey of no nom- mm. of being the nomad, but becoming a nomad. Yeah, but but she's already in the van and she's accepted that lifestyle, and I think that's a very interesting place to start. Mm. So then every time there was actual narrative which i guess is in the book that this is based on yeah um i i found it a little i found those the parts the parts i didn't engage with so i'm like well maybe i needed more of those at the start like you i kind of like i'm like your generic flashbacks to like we never (laughs) saw the husband we only saw a picture a beautiful yeah. picture an older picture yeah. of him. but but i will say i kind of like that me too and, and this me is too. just it this it's, is, i'm it, confused i'm it's, so confused it's because... doing all of these things and I, I, I can see why it won best picture yes absolutely it's it's beautifully shot there's an incredible acting performance in there cinematography again beautifully shot really good the direction there's, there's such clear direction without it being intrusive mm. like yeah. it's it's great to watch well there's, there's but, also like mm, such a, a focus on the theme yeah. and the mood mm-hmm. and just the idea of the loss um, in America yeah. that's mm-hmm. going on. That it's and very American. It's, there were parts where yeah. I was going, oh, this is, yeah, this is so American. Although this sort of, I mean, it also reminded me of like, like my family's from mill towns down south, mm. down southern Western Australia. And they had this happen back in back then, but it was the mills. So the mills mm. would close ta- mm. close down. They would break up all the buildings and move them somewhere else, and then the town would not exist anymore. Yeah. So my mum's where she's from, her town doesn't exist anymore, mm. but they still had somewhere else to go. Yeah. Is the difference? So there yeah. was still um, that you just move on to the next town to, to then build more infrastructure. That's changing now, but this is like. There is nothing there for them. There's, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of political undercurrent yeah. to, to this story and and they touch on it in various ways all the way through. Yeah, and I, I think, again, I'm, I'm fascinated and would like to have seen more about the situation of homelessness and nomadic lifestyles in America. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of glad... Fern wasn't like there was nothing of like Fern on the steps of Congress going like you yeah. need to fix the housing thing like it it wasn't trying it's, to be that it's film. so yeah she's uh, sorry uh, Chloe Zhao really 
blends that kind of documentary observational style mm. with this slice of life narrative um, and creates just such a lived in real yeah. atmosphere. Mm. Um, that was more profound than any documentary you could yeah. make on. It's on interesting because it's like, it's, I, I really love this because um, I, I'm, I'm not a big, a huge documentary fan. Mm. Um, I, I do crave narrative and I do crave uh, a structure and this kind of gives me that. This gives yeah, me the best gotcha. of both worlds. Um, mm. So I think that's why this and, and the writer, her last film, I'd like, I found so engaging because mm. it was it was 100% real mm. and, yeah. and truthful. But um, I can only imagine how much footage she had mm. that she shot um, to cut it down and craft it into what this film is yeah. and it's actually it's it's not that long i know it feels long because mm. it's so slow paced but um the, the the shots do move the story along yeah. like they they all they all lead to something it's, You're right. it's not like they're it's cuz there's also this, there. there was a circular like you could tell mm. because you'd seen them probably for the length of time that you'd seen them for, when they come back in the sec, you, you like see the year. same, you go, oh yeah, you can see time passing mm. and you can see that she's, even though none of us have been to those places, mm. I would imagine we still know where she is mm. and that time has passed and she's there again. Like I, You go yeah. through the seasons and she, she goes yeah. th- all across the countryside in mm. different places. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's... It, 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 it makes it more confusing for me yeah. though. Because sure. I pre- like because I can't deny that I did lose interest. Like I, it did happen. Yeah. But I appreciate but, but yeah. everything. I'm like I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I still lost interest. I think the thing this did really well, which I was a little worried about at the start of the film to an extent, was um, that it never felt like it was. It, it was doing that thing that the, the other films that deal with these these issues do, which is it, it didn't feel like poverty tourism. No. Like the idea of like, this is Oscar winning Frances McDormand and she's living in a caravan and yeah. pooping in a bucket and like all that kind of stuff. At, but at no point was I going, oh, what are you doing here, you liar? Like it, yeah. it, it didn't feel like that. She was, and I think it's partly because of the way they shot this, she lived in that caravan for like four or five months and when when they shot this film and yeah. they really lived that, that lifestyle. And that's kind of incredible uh that I know, they managed that i know that um uh I, I know her first film was about um a family on a reservation and and she like lived with them for a certain amount of time before before filming anything mm. and and coming up with the, the the story and the idea to film but it was from uh a consultant on that film is then the protagonist in the writer and it's his personal story because she heard that story from him and mm. then and then she 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 spent years with him to get that story and mm. to bring that to screen and i can only imagine that she would have done the same here she would have she would 
you, you don't just go into these communities and mm. and start filming. You spend and the get time that trust. And, there, are, yeah. there, there need to be trust. I mean, the, there's some very personal stories here, mm. and you see in the credits. There's um, thanks to the people, and they are the characters' yeah, names. Like, they're playing themselves. Like, that, like, that, it's that their fires, stories. Like, chat. In the first meeting of the Nomads, we've got the guy who's like a Vietnam vet who's just being very open about the fact that he can't live anywhere with lots of noises and that the Nomad lifestyle suits him. And then you have the, you know, the the woman who's talking about how um, her work colleague died before he could sail his boat. And like all, all of these things that they are really beautifully done. And It I, also I, I, feels yeah. very American in that scene as well, just in the sense that, I mean, it exists everywhere, but particularly in America, they really have the work. If you work hard enough, you'll get your success Mm -hmm. um, sort of mentality. And it was really apparent in that fireside chat that he fought for his country and it left him a a lesser man in his eyes. So um, they've worked so hard and he didn't didn't get to appreciate himself. He was also in hospice. So there's all of the medical under, under which they don't go into too much, but mm. all of the fact the fact that like people can't be looked after properly. Mm. You know, uh, you and your mm. with your mum, the work that she's done in palliative care, and the because yeah. I work in with in palliative care too, mm. in communications. Hearing that the beautiful lady with the skull and crossbones on her oh, truck, um, swanky, swanky. Yet hearing her story about um, about wanting to. Be a, do a Kevorkian death maybe if she needs to but having mm. her own you know what she wants to do she's got her own plans mm. for dying was awful because it was like you. but this is you have to make this choice because you can't be looked after mm. in your old age so you've had to choose this because this was better for you than than the alternative and, it, and she was genuinely happy with her choice as well which yeah. was it, this. there was lots of those little things here and there which were had to be real and personal mm. stories to hit the, home as the well. The thing as they that did. I remember from over a year ago now the most about this film is that video phone footage that she takes of the birds. She they they set it up so beautifully. Mm. And they do that a couple of times in the film where they they say something in a story um but then later on down the road you then see it. Yeah. Um you see Francis McDormand at the very end in in the walking off into the backyard that in she described the, yeah. so yeah. beautifully beforehand. I, I and am... those little moments are just like these these little connections that um, they're not big revelations or anything, but in, in terms of how this st- uh, story structure works, it they are the, the big kind of catharsis moments. And they're so little and quiet but they're so beautiful and mm. just these little things that you observe. And I really love that about the film. And, and the way that Fern described the, the desert going into the mountains, mm. what they then showed us was exactly what I'd imagined. And I was, I was actually really blown away by that, that it was, they'd, they'd captured that. I, I, Tegan, I'm starting to think maybe we're not mature enough to enjoy yeah, this Yeah, maybe film. it's us. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're the problem is yeah. what I'm because Because this is a very good film and yeah you'd like to think winning best picture would always mean that but we had the green book experience from a couple of years ago so we know it's not always the case (laughs) triggered um but but this this film is it's just got a real lovely 
meditative quality to it, which, um, and particularly with so many of the people in this film being people entering that third stage of life, you know, they're they're mm. leaving their middle ages. A lot of the people who are nomads are, well, of the generation of the Vietnam vets, they're people yep. who are looking at retirement, they're people who have are widowers um you know uh, bob has you know uh, an, an older man who has like lost an adult son to suicide and you know david is becoming a grandfather it's it's all about sort of like movement into that later stage of life and indeed with um swanky even the idea of moving into death as mm. well and i i think with with it being meditation on that the very sort of um slow burn of the pace is is perfect for it and maybe we're just too young but to that's why it. i want to know what my i can't figure out what moment i stopped maybe it was when she went to visit i think it's the family when, i think when it she was goes the family to, yeah to visit his family i was and, so into it and then mm. the family scene you know what and it's like Fern isn't into it either. <laughs> like, yeah, she she's she just like, I need to get out of here. She, she can't never, even stay in the house. That's it, and she um, never even she never convinces him to change. You know, she's like, yeah. it's not one of those stories where they're, she like all of that stuff is lovely. Mm. All of those choices, um, but I think that was the moment. But that maybe maybe I was yeah. just channeling Fern. Maybe or maybe we're just tired today. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it could be. Yeah, maybe you had too much gluten today, and it's just. I don't eat gluten. I'm silly. <laughs> um, so that turkey looked real good, though. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. It's Ooh. such a wonderful cut from all these birds yes. running around the farm to, <laughs> to dinner the on the table. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch on the sound design for this film, Rob. <gasps> Stunning. Um, because I became very aware of the fact that we were in the fact in like a non-nomad environment when she went to visit David's family. And specifically the thing that sort of triggered it for me was the chinking of the wine glasses. There was something about that sound because they're very big wine glasses with not a lot of wine in them and the noises they were making felt so artificial compared to the rest of the film. And I know they're living in vans. Vans don't grow on trees. But there was was, this soundscape that had been built was suddenly broken by being in the home environment. And Mm. I was really impressed by that. I I don't know what, what you think. I the the sound that does the Atmos that always got me was um, when she's working at Amazon and you just can't hear mm. uh, as clearly what people are saying um, because there's just always a constant loud hum coming from all speakers <laughs> like it's yeah. just the of the background yeah. of all these machines and and then the rest of the film like it's just gone and it's this serene <laughs> quietness um mm. yeah it's it's a it's a really really tough thing to pull off uh that naturalism mm. and especially when you're filming uh it, it looks like you're they're filming stuff that are sort of off the cuff and just real conversations happening um you don't have a lot of safety um it's hard to go again and mm. get another angle so editing is hard um and the sound design is uh, tricky to mix and it never feels like uh 
there's a hand guiding you through this, that, that there's a, a person here telling you what to look at at any given time. It feels very natural when you're watching it. It feels mm. like it's just... Um, uh, you, you're just absorbing the film and it feels like you're watching something happen in front of you. Mm. And that is uh, so hard to do. Yeah. And it's pulled off so well. Mm. And I think... I mean, I think that's... A co- that's collaborative as well. Like that's all mm. of the hundred hundred thousand million percent tech, and then Francis McDormand kind of guiding it through from an from an actor's perspective Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, those conversations that she has in character with people, which are clearly not scripted. Mm. I'm guess I'm assuming if yeah. they are, I'm, there's no way half of that half of that stuff is scripted. Yeah, mm. if any apart from maybe a couple of scenes the way she answers that that conversation she has about the ring on her finger and her husband mm. with the two you know yeah you're from the usa you get to travel anywhere those mm. two ladies yeah that was fascinating um to hear um i loved it when um swanky just says you're not gonna give up on me now are you you could like mm. these sort of moments you're just going they're so they were really stunning. Mm. They were really stunning. Maybe I just wanted them at the end. Maybe that's you wanted Swanky. I wanted, and I wanted Laura May. Yeah, and Linda, because Linda leaves halfway through the film, and that's it. Linda May. Yeah, Linda, not Laura May. Linda May. Yeah, but she was. Stu- but they had dreams. They had the people. She was building her house. She was building her house. She was going back mm. to her land. She was going to build her house. So they had. They had things to run to, not run from. Maybe yeah. that is that. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a good point. I I I kind of liked seeing Fern in Empire at the end, but I, I'm also looking. I, I, it feels like quite a natural conclusion for her to see her old home and go, "Yep, there's nothing here for me. It's abandoned. It's a shell." And I feel like the the van we see driving at the end is driving towards those mountains as opposed to it 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 just didn't feel like it was driving away from us mm. it felt like we, we were following on this next leg of the journey where she's now looking forward she got rid of all the stuff in the storage unit um she's not going to get tied down with dave and the the farming family she's she's moving on she's fully into the nomad style that's it this is her nomad land off she goes mm. Could have just done with a little uh, Linda Hamilton T2 voiceover at the end, though. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a nice touch. Uh, this film won uh, three Academy Awards. Um, Best Picture, which is why we're reviewing it today. Uh, Best Director for Chloe Zhao and Best Actress for Frances McDormand. It was nominated for three others. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography and Best Film Editing, but didn't win any of them. Th- How did it not? Who beat it for cinematography? Uh, Mank did, I believe. Yeah, Mank was the, you know, all black and white 40s. Oh, that's right. Um, and, and Mank's a very a very well shot film. <laughs> you can't really argue with that the, in that sense. Yeah, the cinematography in Mank is mm. pretty spectacular. It's also very specific. Yeah. Um, but um, this, is, this is like 100% natural lighting pretty much at all times Mm. it's a very different look but i find it so fascinating i was so intrigued knowing that 
um, the Eternals was coming out that she she had made that um, uh, p- uh, possibly before Nomadland. I'm not sure, but like that that it was there waiting to come out and and knowing that um, her cinematographer was the same from Nomadland to Eternals and just knowing the the look of a Marvel film mm. and and knowing her style of filmmaking, this very natural style of filmmaking and the cinematography style and wondering how in the world that is going to work in a Marvel film and then seeing the Eternals and uh, and, and going, oh, that's how. <laughs> do, do we know if Chloe Zhao lived with a group of superheroes as she did with all her other films? Absolutely. To get a sense of the culture? Yep. Absolutely. It was actually one of the... It was a story she heard oh, yeah. on the, this journey. Yeah, there's just Superman yeah. sat around the fire yeah. just being... I know he's not the same cinematic universe, but Superman there just being like, yeah, my planet got blown up uh, when I was a baby and I've just been a nomad ever since. <laughs> oh, man. Like, but it... The... The uh, research and the attention to detail to world building mm. is is evident in both. One world is completely fantasy and made up mm-hmm. and the other is very real and mm-hmm. very much a part of the world we live in. But um, it's it's so fascinating to see uh, them both treated in the same way. And and even though it's got a Marvel sheen, there are there's so much of the Eternals that Charlie I... Charlie Sheen's brother? No, he's, he's related to Michael Sheen, actually. Uh, oh, yeah. God. Sorry. Um, this is Sorry, the, you were talking so passionately about this. And this is us just being stupid children, being like, oh, Sheen, Sheen. I got bored. Yeah, yeah. It's just your attention span. <laughs> Says Robert Woods. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Mm. Eternals was long. Eternals was too long. <laughs> um, so I totally think that's a very... Fascinating fact, though the same cinematographer to be able their their ability to work within those two worlds. They are, but what's interesting is that uh, so many like quote unquote Marvel fans complain about the Eternals. They hate the the look of it, and it's interesting because I think it, it looks like it uses way more real locations and less green screen than any other. Marvel film and they use those beautiful sunset natural lightings like I I can see those shots in the Eternals Gosh, yeah. but there's just all these effects on top of it um and it's gorgeous mm. um but it's just so different to other Marvel films and it's fascinating you know mm. it's a crazy combination would you guys like some trivia about Nomadland absolutely yeah. okay all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb so if it's not true don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia, Frances McDormand blended into the nomadic community so well that at one of the local targets, she was offered a job. Um, <laughs> um, her experience of living in a van took four to five months, covering seven states. Uh, she adopted the, the lifestyle of constantly being on the move to make the movie seem more authentic rather than just acting in scenes. But yes, she um, she was offered to apply for a job at Target. That's great. Lovely. And, uh, I'm glad there's people out there that will help. Yeah, which is people which is in nice. Um, with the exception of McDormand and uh, David Strathairn, is that how you say it? Str- Strathairn. 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 Yeah. Uh, anyway. Straight the, hair. Yeah. David's straight hair. 
with the exception of um, McDormand and David Strathairn, most of the cast members playing nomads in this film were actual nomads, um, using often their first names, their real first names as the names of the characters. Um, I do know that the character of uh, Swanky is, um, at the time of recording, still alive and is not someone that has uh, cancer. Is but she is a seventy-five-year-old nomad, and um, sort of this this story of someone who was dying, she played into. It's very real. It's extremely mm. real, and um, yeah, she does she does a marvelous job. She does. Um, many of Frances McDormand's co-stars had no idea at the beginning of the project that she was Frances McDormand, the Hollywood star. Um, Bob still didn't know. Um, when they shot the scene at the end of the film. Um, he, he didn't know that she was an Oscar winner. Um, afterwards, he said to McDermott privately uh, that it meant a lot for her to tell him that story about her husband and that everything was going to be okay. Shivers. She subsequently revealed to him that her husband's name was actually Joel Cohen and he's still alive, which surprised Bob. Uh, and then he learned that... Yeah. That's no, that's that's Francis McDormand. That's and a famous actor. It's and he, the he Cohen no brothers, idea. the you know one of yeah. the, mm. you know. You ever watch Burn After Reading, Bob? <laughs> Raising Arizona. <laughs> mm. uh, the movie was filmed in seven states over four months, um, during which time Francis McDormand actually performed the various jobs that she did in the film. She she worked for a couple of days at a time in different jobs. So she did work at the Amazon factory and. Sweet beats. Sweet beats. Yeah, did did all that, um, which is which is some commitment. It has to be said. Like, mm. uh, I'm glad, I'm glad she did get best actor for for this because uh, best actress because um, that's a lot of work, yeah, a lot I of mean, actual work. She looked confident in the part. That's like, the thing. Like, confidence you, you wanna, in the role. Yeah. If you're cutting into her having worked somewhere for a week, she she needs to look like she's been working yeah. there for a while. So yeah, you got to know what you're doing. Mm. Uh, the pooping in the bucket scene is is real pooping in a bucket. I just <laughs> want to confirm uh, that. Um, they were doing test shoots in the van, um, and Frances McDormand uh, had uh, Tegan Mulvaney. She had an upset stomach um, <laughs> and stayed in character while they were doing this test shoot and did a poo in a bucket. And uh, they liked it so much, they kept it in the film. Wow. Heck yeah. Yeah. So I'm not... I'm not she she ate the quiche Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> Method acting is not something that we often talk about favorably in um, no. yeah, on this podcast. This that wasn't method acting though. So that well that's what I just wanted to say is is does does that fall in the method acting scale? She no. actually did do a poo. I think because of the the pro I think that's process acting. I'm going to make up a whole new term <laughs> uh, right now because they had to create a process to be um uh truthful and respectful of the people that they were working with yes she's shitting in a bucket but you can imagine she's she's probably shat in a bucket in front of those people she's pissed in front of a bush in front of those people that many times i think there'd be comfort you know if they're Mm. if they're you know what i mean if they're you get you'd get to a point where yeah it'd be understood that these things are going to happen i method acting for me is things like is when it gets stupid, like yeah. Jared Leto doing his Jared stupid Jared Leto Joker. saying, we all have to poop in buckets in front of each the other. The biggest one for me yeah. is Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant eating a real liver. I'm mm. like, you don't have to, man. Like, you don't have to. <laughs> he, you he can eat a thing. in a bucket after that. 
But, but you know what I mean? That's, that's yeah. method acting where it's like, it's not important. You don't have to do that. Yeah. It pro- she probably could have faked it, but I, but then they, if they but liked it, it they, could have, they could have pretended later. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's like, it feels like that thing like that happened and, and it would never have been in the script. It and would also, never have been a thing. If they're out in the middle of nowhere, right? Because they're actually doing this and she has to poo as bad as she had to poo in that. She's mm. going to poo. In that bucket straight away because she's not going to have any time to find a toilet, go anywhere. Like, I mean, the camera's in the way for start. It's yeah, everything's yeah. in the way. She's going to mess up the whole set because she's got to poo. I get it. I'm like, no, I think out of necessity. She's a producer. She doesn't want to waste her own money. No, that's like, it. Or her own shit. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is why she gets the big bucks and the big awards. Yeah. Um, the final bit of trivia, Frances McDormand's third uh, lead actress Academy Award Oscar uh, for this film uh, now ranks her runner-up in this category, um, second only to Catherine Hepburn, who has four. Um, Fargo. Yep. Three billboards. Uh, ooh. I don't know. Oh, what the no, no, look at me. <laughs> You're the Oscars guy. Uh, did she, she didn't win for that. No, she was nominated though, wasn't she? Yeah. What was their other one? It was for Fargo, Nomadland, and Three Billboards. Ah. She, she did win for Three Billboards. Ring-a-ding-ding. Um, yeah, she has been nominated for Best Supporting Not Actress on three occasions, but has never won. Uh. Um, she also uh, won for... Um, well. Technically, best picture as a producer, she also won. Uh, but that's not the best actor category, so it doesn't count. She is one of my favourite lines in, in like movie quotes, and it's from Raising Arizona, and it's when she goes, "Son, you take that diaper off your head and you put it back on your sister." <laughs> just, it's just said in the background with no context. <laughs> it just comes through. It's so great. Mm. So uh, before we get to scoring the film. It's Oscars week. It's, oh. it's Oscars time. Yes, at the time of recording, we don't know who has won Best Picture for 2022 and what we'll be watching, probably with Rob Woods, in 12 months' time. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, 10. Team book two. <laughs> We've got 10 films. There's some good nominations this year. There are. Uh, the full list are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. They are the ten films. Now, uh, Tegan, have you seen any of them? Nope. Okay, cool. I've seen one, uh, and that was June, so I'm tipping it. June! It's the only one I saw. It's going to get the best picture. Uh, I think because of the hype around it, King Richard will probably win. It seems like a safe Oscars film. Rob's pulling a a very scared, frightened face. But having said that, they haven't been that... (laughs) predictable in the last few years but King I just mean King, was you think that was I just mean you know I predicted he did predict <laughs> but I think King Richard plays into that fantasy of like yeah you know um, Will Smith will probably win the, the best male actor I, yeah I would assume mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a good bet I like I haven't seen it so this is going to sound terrible but I really I've read lots of reviews on it and I'm intrigued by Belfast as well I think um mm. It just looks beautiful. The mm. bits I've it's, seen, and I call it Kenneth Branagh's aroma. <laughs> it is, yes, yes, it is a bit. Yeah. Um, but they're two very uneducated guesses. King mm. Richard wouldn't surprise me because it seems very Oscar-y. To me, 
it actually seems too mainstream. Too mainstream. Because mm. they haven't been very mainstream the last. I mean, few like years. Green Book was yeah a mainstream, like like a, covering all bases, generic, take your mum to the cinema yeah. kind of movie, and it was quite. Uh, but that was a problematic a film. Is is King Richard as problematic? I mean, no, I don't think this. I don't. No, does Viggo Mortensen eat a pizza in front of the Williams sisters? Is that <laughs> does that happen? Um, not that I recall. It <laughs> um, though it wouldn't be out of place in that film. Uh, okay. Um, mm. The it was it was very good. Um, I I think it, it yeah it it has. As much a shot as as any of them, mm. I I think I I have seen all of all ten, mm-hmm. um, and my money would be on Power of the Dog or West Side Story. Mm. West Side Story would be cool if that one. I in in mm. my heart of hearts, I I want West Side Story because mm. I I think it was See- the best film out of all of them, mm. but. Um, my second favorite, and probably the one the one that I will pick as the winner, is the Power of the Dog. See, and that's when we talk about method acting. Isn't that when Benedoodle Cumberbatch he did? They wouldn't go near him because he stank because he didn't wash himself for yeah. the entire mm-hmm. of that film. That's stupid. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But also, but also, that makes me him want mm. him to never win a thing ever again. But you know, also Jane Campion encourages that stuff That's, and mm. and she pushes it on them as well mm. and i heard about some of the stuff that i'm just like <gasps> yeah, oh, yeah, i don't yeah. like wasn't there one she made someone wear stones in his shoes she does that yeah. kind of thing and i'm like that's awful she should never win again ever <laughs> smash that piano to pieces anna paquin give that stupid oscar back but i hate that stuff no but i i actually genuinely love power of the dog the mm. film um it's incredible um so yeah, I'm going to pick just that act. as the winner. As as um, I've had some time now after just going, do you know win it? Uh, I've had a serious thing now. Um, I I think is a there's a decent chance that West Side Story will win it simply because mm. the last couple of years have been weird choices, and they don't stay weird for long. Like you you normally have a couple of years of surprising picks and then a couple of mainstream ones. And West Side Story feels like the most mainstream of those films. That's a comfortable mainstream mm. one, I think. I, I, I think, I think yeah. West Side's going to do well. I, I, yeah. I, th- I think Spielberg's a really good chance for best director. I hope some of the, some of the um, technical ones. Yeah. Like, it'll be tough against June. It will be. Um, but um, but I, I, think, I think West Side's going to do okay. And if, if you're asking me to seriously pick, uh, instead of just shouting, I've seen June, mm. I, would, I would go for West Side Story would be the one I would think would win um and, and also just because from people who i know that have been to see some of these films west side story is the one that had the most sort of positive reaction now it could be because it's a big musical and it's a remake of a very popular musical um but but people really but they really did it well it. they've done it well they did it so well yeah and, and that's the, important the, the way that they've updated the book mm. is and, is impeccable. And it's been a grim couple of years. I feel like if you're in the Academy, well, you might be going, oh, with, let's go for the fun big musical as opposed that to in mind, Belfast. With that in mind, I think the but my third favourite film out of the, the bunch and also the, the possible upset mm. Green Book style win, but not in the same problematic way in the way that 
like heck yeah that's awesome mm. is coda mm. coda is a beautiful heartwarming film so wonderfully observed so wonderfully acted um and it's uh it is a mainstream enough film that i think it could connect with a lot of uh people and oscar voters as well um mm. as like an underdog as like the small indie film that, yeah. that kind of came that out takes over yeah the power of the underdog that's, mm. that's kind of cool then though if we've got that many films that are strong and pleasant contenders for there's, yeah it's another it's another film. good year where there's yeah. like there's not any well i mean i know i know parasite has won and it's set a precedent but i do not see drive my car winning the best picture oscar there's too much Chekhov in that film for anyone to enjoy it in <laughs> my opinion um okay so there are oscar who's tips. that Who's Uncle? <laughs> Who's Vanya? Oh, God. It's Lorraine. He's the one with three sisters, remember? Oh, he lives in the oh, cherry orchard. I do that not one. want to hear any more freaking... What? Uncle Vanya. <laughs> this three-hour film. That... But he's your uncle. Oh. <laughs> Go shit in a bucket. <laughs> anyway, uh, they are our Oscar tips for this year. So uh, just once again, uh, you you think Power of the Dog? Power of the Dog. I'll go Power of the Dog. Oh, I'll go King Richard. And I'm going West Side Story. So join us in 12 months when we're watching Don't Look Up, uh, <laughs> the Academy Award <laughs> Best Picture. Uh, now, all that remains is for us to score Nomadland. Tegan, you get to go first because it was your first time watching it. What would you give it out of 10? Um, this is the... This is the score I decided to give it before I lost interest. Um, and I'm s- sticking by this score. Even though I think the points that are I'm taking off it are more reflection on me and my issues with... Gluten. Gluten. And with um, uh, understanding how to enjoy this film better. Um, so it's seven and a half... Good can openers out of 10. Yeah, you need a good can opener on the Yeah, road. don't use that one. It's dodgy. Yeah. Use this one. Uh, what about yourself, Rob? Oh, I'm... Oh, I'll give it eight flat tyres. That's a lot of flat tyres. It's a lot of flat tyres. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much where, where you guys both are um, in terms of... It's remarkable. It's um, it's it's very well made. There's a lot to really be impressed by. I don't think it's a very likable film. Like I can't imagine me sitting down in like three years' time going. Lots oh, of people like it. <laughs> I'm, I want to relax. I'm going to watch Nomadland. Now it's I, an escapist film. I think it's yeah. when you want to escape yeah. into a. But but world. it serves a. But not, also, not all films have to be that uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, because otherwise all, all cinema would suffer. Um, but it's. I think it's it is going to require more rewatchings though. I, I can see myself coming back to this and rewatching it, and trying to reflect a bit more on on what it's talking about and um, you know th- th- those ideas around the importance of things like home ownership, which is touched on briefly, directly in this film when um, Ferns with her family. Um, mm. But there's there's a lot of complicated ideas tied into 
this this film and its narrative and i think it's it's definitely one that would benefit from more rewatchings but from a first watching um it's 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 pretty extraordinary but it's maybe not my particular flavor of extraordinary so i'm going to give it seven and a half poops in a bucket out of ten <laughs> thank you very much for leaving that one wide open uh, <laughs> like a butthole yes uh so tegan robert thank you so much for joining me on this oscars episode of the cinema catch-up club classy you're welcome and for those of you listening at home thank you for listening in um you may very well know who won the 2022 Best Picture um, Oscar by the time you hear this. And if that's the case, uh, you can find us on Facebook and marvel at how right we were or laugh at how wrong we were in everything we said. Uh, just search for us over at uh, Facebook. Just type in the Cinema Catch-Up Club and you can... Um, and search our names yeah. and abuse us. Yeah, and go, can't person. believe you said King Richard. How dare you, and, Tegan? And, and make sure you tell uh, Stephen how incorrect all of the cinema catch-up club voting for that list oh that was horrific we will we will be touching on that in the near future uh yes if you if you're not a member of our facebook group you will have missed the recent um five years nothing you miss nothing (laughs) oh my god you miss nothing for our recent five-year birthday celebrations we pitted every film we'd reviewed against each other in a knockout bracket tournament and the winner and therefore the best film ever made (laughs) was Monty Python and the Holy Grail, uh, beating Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring in the final. Which is the only thing I'm okay with, is that it wasn't a Lord of the Rings film. Uh, But yes, uh, but that was a public vote, which uh, pleased some and angered many. So if you want to to be involved with things like that, find us on the Facebook. We're also on Patreon. Just search for us at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast for bonus features and goodies. And of course, subscribe. Uh, New episodes each and every week iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. But that's all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. See ya. See you down the road. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.